1: We continue our study in Paul's letter to the Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 4 verses 17 through 24 deals with the conflict a Christian must deal with on a daily basis. In Christ, you are a new creation, but you still know how to sin just as well as you always have. If you belong to Christ, you know the battle. You understand God's plan for the church and our unity in Christ as we've been studying In Ephesians chapter 4, verses 1 through 16, you want to be equipped for every good work. You want to be mature in Christ. You want to be encouraging and helpful to fellow believers. But you also know there is an ongoing struggle between what you know and what you do as a Christian. You know how hard it is to consistently do it. Please follow along with Pastor Harris as he teaches this passage on getting rid of the old man and putting on the new man in today's portion of this week's message entitled, UBC.
0: Number three, they were excluded from the life of God, verse 18. The word translated excluded means estranged or alienated. It means shut out from fellowship with God. I would say you were on the outside looking in, except that I know you were dead in your trespasses and sins. You weren't even looking in. But maybe God brought to you the example of seeing Christians and you could wonder, wow, what do they have that I don't? The other thing that's interesting about this word uh, excluded is that this one is in the middle voice, that reflexive voice, which means that unbelievers have done this to themselves and it's another one of those verbs that implies a lasting results. Unbelievers are like walking dead people, spiritually dead, walking around in the physical world. They're excluded from the life of God. The life of God is that, that life that God has in Himself, the life that He imparts to believers. It's another way of describing eternal life. God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whoever believes in Him should have eternal life, even those that believe in His name. Ephesians 2, we we saw that when we passed through it. Verses 1 through 5 says, You were formerly dead in your sins. Now you've been made alive in Christ. God has given us eternal life. So as you think about UBC, remember, You were formerly on the outside of eternal life, and now you possess it, and no one can take it away from you, and no one can pluck you out of the the hands of God who holds you. You have the very life of God within you. Here's something else about you, B.C. Ignorance, verse 18, because of the ignorance that is in them. Now this doesn't mean that um, people before they become Christians are stupid, and the day that you turn to Christ, you get a 30-point bump in your IQ. Uh, It it doesn't mean that. It's talking about ignorance of spiritual things. This This includes moral blindness. We have brilliant people in our world who are saying absolute moral idiocy. So it's not that... That kind of ignorance. Ignorance here is the core word behind our English word agnostic. You might hear the word gnostic or gnosis in there, the Greek word for knowledge. You put an alpha in front of it or an A, that negates it. So (laughs) when you look at UBC, you can rejoice that no longer do you lack any essential knowledge about God or His moral plan for your life. Remember again, the Romans 1 description, they suppress the truth in unrighteousness. When you come to Christ, you quit suppressing, and now you are not ignorant of what God is doing in you. Now, let's take a little side trip here. I mentioned the word agnostic, which is derived directly from this Greek word that is here. In our world today, a lot of people consider the word agnostic as their safe haven the place they can run, run to to end conversations about God or about the Bible. They'll say, oh, I, I, don't, I don't reject. Uh, I'm not an atheist. I'm just agnostic because I don't know for sure. And it can sound kind of scholarly and kind of cool. You know, I, I'm, I'm, in the, I'm in the middle ground. I don't hate you. Uh, I'm, just, I'm just agnostic about this stuff that you're saying. Well, No one would wear that term, agnostic, as a title so proudly if they knew how the Bible uses the word. And especially if they knew that the Latin translation of that word is ignoramus. Okay, I mean, if you want to get a little levity into the conversation, oh, you're an ignoramus. Nice to meet you. No, uh, uh, I encourage you, if you would like to, On your uh, way out the front door today, I forgot to check and see if there's any after the first service, but I can get you more. They're, They're available. I would encourage you to stop before you go out the front door, turn to your left, look at the literature rack, and find this little booklet called Solving the God Puzzle. This gives you several very, very good, loving ways to dismantle the arguments of the ones who say that I live in the world of agnosticism. It's a very, very helpful thing, and um, I hope you'll take advantage of it. It can also, you don't have to just memorize it and spout it to people. You can hand this to somebody as well and uh, let them read it on their own times. And it, it could be very unnerving to people who think that it's okay to say, well, I don't know, or I can't know. You really can. And in Christ, the great news is you do. You're no longer ignorant. Number five is Hardness of heart. The middle of verse eighteen. The ignorance that is in them because of the hardness of the heart. The word that's translated hardness literally means hard skin, and the the, the literal translation is covered over with a callus, uh, kind of like. Um, uh, your heels can get when you live in a dry place like Idaho in the winter and pump in hot, dry air in your house all the time, and it just gets—it gets to be awful, doesn't it? Well, when you think about UBC, you can rejoice now that all things about your processing system have become renewed. It talks about hardness of heart. That key word, heart, very important, biblical theological word. If you think of your heart, the best analogy in our generation I think you can come up with is that the heart is the central processing unit of the computer that controls your mind and all that you do. Then if you think about the heart as that central processing unit, then understand, before Christ, all your software was deeply corrupted with malware, so that logic was twisted, so that the analysis of anything was foggy instead of clear, and, and all incoming data gets corrupted before it gets, before it gets processed. But when you were placed in Christ, the malware was removed, and the processor was reset, and now you, with the help of the Holy Spirit, you can receive God's Word with a A soft, pliable, receptive heart, and then in turn, minister to others. Here's a really cool way that God described to Ezekiel, the promise of the new covenant, which is what we have in Christ. It's back in Ezekiel chapter 36, verse 26. God says, "'Moreover, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you, and I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh.'" and give you a heart of flesh. It used to be stony. Now, it's a soft, receptive heart. Number six, very closely related, having become callous. It says, they having become callous. Now, in English, they is just a simple little uh, pronoun, but in this case, it, it translates a Greek word that means those who are of such nature. Here's what happens to those who have hard hearts. The word callous means ceasing to feel pain or grief or becoming insensitive to pain or apathetic. Having become callous, another one of those perfect tense verbs, it means this is an ongoing persisting state, it means that an unbeliever's conscience is not responsive to the stimuli that should provoke it. Over in Romans chapter 2, verse 15, in the section where Paul was building his case for the fact that we are all sinners, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, he says, we have a conscience that either accuses or defends us. Well you, BC, you had a conscience, but it needed to be tuned to the truth, and it wasn't. Um, Paul describes a similar concept which he applies to false teachers. It's so over in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 2, he says, "...by means of the hypocrisy of liars, seared in their own conscience as with a branding iron." Seared, scorched, calloused, hard. I have, um, I have extremely dry eyes. And I also have another problem that says that to, to see you and actually recognize you, I have to wear hard contact lenses hard contact lenses, dry eyes, and misshaped corneas. That's not a real comfortable situation. So they have um, actually tried to help me retain what few little tears I have. So the doctors have uh, closed all of, they call them puncta. They're the things that your tears drain into. You know, when you cry, it runs back to the back of your throat, and then you sniffle. Okay, I can't do that, all right? I, I produce so little tears... All the tears that I produce either evaporate, that's most of them, or if you ever see me and it looks like I'm being really tender and emotional and I'm just shedding a tear, it's just running out, okay? I'm just just an emotional klutz. If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program.